welcome to Folks Podcast. Um, I'm Tess Falgren, and today I'm going to be telling Matt Austin about uh, Mary Fields. Um, we have a lot less information about Mary than we did about Evelyn Cameron, so this is going to be a slightly, quite a bit shorter episode, a little bit different format. Um, Mary Fields was born a slave in the South and ended up in Cascade, Montana, which is a in a beautiful area between Great Falls and Helena, right on the Missouri River. And Mary was the first African-American star route mail carrier in the United States, and only the second woman. Um, She was six foot tall and 200 pounds, and... So she has a she's a really awesome character, but like I said, there's not that much information. So uh, I do the best with what I have, um, and look forward to another episode coming soon. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Good stuff. Okay, so today I'm gonna tell you about. I'm going to tell you about Mary Fields. Mary Fields. Mary Fields. Have you ever heard of Mary Fields before, except for when I have talked about her in the last, like, two days? No. Okay, good. So, Mary Fields was born a slave in Hickman County, Tennessee. Have you ever been to Tennessee? We went to Tennessee once. I've been to Tennessee. Have you been there before we went together? Yes. Oh, cool. Because you're from the South, aren't you? Uh Uh-huh. Where were you born? Dothan, Alabama. Dothan, Alabama. Southeast corner. Very cool. So you, as well as Mary Fields, are um, Montanans from the south. Oh. What's that nice. called? Like a, a transplant. Transplant. Southern transplant. Okay, so Mary Fields was born into slavery in Hickman County because oh. she was an African American and it was 1832. So you didn't really have a whole lot of choice. Uh, yeah. She... Um, gained her freedom when the Civil War ended. So I didn't remember learning this. I remember learning it, but I didn't carry on the knowledge about how the Emancipation Emancipation Proclamation only affected slaves in 10 states, and huh. because it was the, the states that were not a part of the rebellion. So that's why you had the slaves who were escaping to the north during oh, that time. Oh, sure. Right. So it was good to be reminded of that. So, but... Mary was in Tennessee, which was um, under Union control, and Andrew Jackson was the military governor. So she was freed with the end of the Civil War in 1865. So she was like 33 at that point. We don't know exactly what year she was born because um, it was hard to keep up with that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Those records weren't kept. Uh, so she was born in 1832. She left, she was freed from slavery, 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 is that the word? Uh Slavery. Um, and from there she worked a few different jobs, such as a chambermaid in Mississippi on the Robert E. Lee. And so that boat beat Steamboat Bill's Natchez in a big steamboat race. In 1870. Okay, so the Robert E. Lee was a boat. It was a boat. A steamboat. It was a steamboat. A big paddle boat with a big wheel on the back. I guess so. So you're picturing. I mean, that's what I'm picturing, but uh-huh. I also kind of just don't think it's that interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really care. <laughs> I think the rest of her life is a lot cooler than the fact yeah. that she was shoveling, she was cleaning chamber pots 
oh, on this sure. boat, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, a bunch of white dudes are like, cool, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna race. And she's like, all right. She was proud of it, I guess. She talked about it, but. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway. She probably had more to do with it than. Probably. She was probably pulling it. She was probably swimming in front, <laughs> just like, with the rope, uh, pulling the boat. She did say some cool stuff about how, like, it was um, such a big deal that people were throwing any fuel they could find, even, like, barrels of resin and things like that into the um, into the ovens to make the mm-hmm. boat go faster. And it was so <laughs> hot that the people had to go to the decks and, yeah. Man. I know. You know what I just realized? I feel like it's not that interesting because we don't have a video of it. Hmm. We're pretty spoiled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, so at this point, she's in her 30s. She's been a slave most of her life. And during this time, she meets a guy named Judge Edmund Dunn, who was setting up schools in Louisiana. And through Dunn, Mary met his sister, Mother Amadeus. Um, and she was in charge of an Ursuline convent in Ohio, in Toledo, Ohio. And the two women became friends, and Mary moved to Ohio to work at the convent. And, um, right, so she moves to Ohio. They're working at this convent together. Do you know what an Ursuline nun is? I have no idea. Okay, well, it's pretty cool. Um, and maybe my mom will be mad at me for not knowing this as a Catholic girl, but I did not know what an Ursuline nun was. So, Ursuline nuns are a specific kind of nun. Ursulines are a number of religious religious institutes within the Catholic Church, and their patron saint is Saint Ursula. So they first arrived in America, landing in Mobile, Alabama in 1719, uh-huh. and in New Orleans in 1727 from France. Uh-huh. And they established schools for girls, and um, the one in New Orleans is the oldest um, the oldest Catholic Oldest continually operating Catholic school in the United States. So what's the deal with Ursuline? Was what is that? What's the difference between that and regular? I don't know. Catholic nun. Well, I just kind of wonder because it described the dress of the Ursuline nuns, and it's like black, um, black dress, black cloak thing, black veil, white headband. I mean, it's like what you uh-huh. imagine when you think of a classic nun. Uh-huh. Um, but when I was a little girl, I knew a nun who did not wear that kind of thing. She just wore like a basic, like brown sackcloth, like gown thing. So I'm wondering if, if the Ursuline nun is basically what we imagine as a nun. Oh, sure. You know, but uh-huh. isn't the only type of nun. Okay. Yeah. Sure, because there's nuns that wear regular clothes too, right? Yeah, and I mean, I think also though, like that's just like modern modernity because mm-hmm. Ursulines probably still exist, and I'm sure they don't always wear their habits. Sure. So I'm not totally sure, but the biggest reason I wanted to include that is because um, the Ursulines hold many firsts. So the first female pharmacist, first woman to contribute to a book of literary merit, first convent, first free school, and first retreat center for ladies. Classes for female slaves, free women of color, and Native Americans. That, okay. And then also they provided the first social welfare center in the Mississippi Valley. So cool. they're basically just doing wow. cool stuff, especially for women. Yeah. And so that's why it did not surprise me that Mother Amadeus and Mary Fields became friends. 
So later, um, Amadeus was called to St. Peter's Convent, which is now, which is near what is now Cascade, Montana. After, um, after Mother Amadeus moved to Cascade, she got sick. She got pneumonia. And she, because she knew that Mary Fields was, um, so dependable and such a good friend, she actually called for Mary to leave Ohio and join her in Cascade, Montana. Okay. Do you know where Cascade is? I don't. Okay, so Cascade is like, when you're in Great Falls and you're heading south, you can either go further west or further east. And I've been spending a lot of time on that eastern route. That's like where um, Belt is. Mm. I was in Belt a few weeks ago. And it's gorgeous. Belt is amazing. And then there's a whole route road that goes south from there. And Cascade is just east, or sorry, west of that. On the way to Helena. And it still exists? Still exists. uh, Population about 600. And um, it is right on the Missouri. Okay. Yeah. So I actually don't know this for sure, but it looks like maybe that's a a trade route, having Mm. been on the Missouri. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right? It kind of makes sense. That's where the the, um, convent would want to set up Mm -hmm. a school. Sure. Yeah. Mary was six feet tall and 200 pounds. She wore men's clothes and had a revolver strapped around her waist under her apron. And she had a standing bet that she could take any man out with one punch. According to the internet, no one was able to prove her wrong. So Mother Amadeus got better. She got over her pneumonia. And Mary stuck around to work at the convent, driving the stagecoach and hauling supplies. Um... She all she alone handled the wagon team that hauled the goods, no matter what the weather or road conditions. So this is when she got her her uh, reputation for being like a really tough lady, mm-hmm. really trustworthy, really tough, really trustworthy, really tough person. Um, so according to legend, one night, one winter night, a pack of wolves spooked her horses, and the wagon overturned. Yeah, Fields stood guard all night long, protecting the food shipment from the wolves with a ni- with a gun. No light, but a gun. Well, in one article, she had, like, a candle. And then in one article, it was totally pitch dark. Huh. I don't know. But apparently she just, like, stayed up all night long uh-huh. and fought off the wolves with her revolver. Um, wow. And in the morning, she put it all back together and got to the convent. And the bishop docked her pay because, like, some molasses had been spilled or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she was transporting f- f- food from where? Great Falls on, like, the train or something to the to the convent? A food shipment from... Sure. Probably from the... Yeah, from the train or from Great Falls. Uh-huh. Both? I don't know. Okay, so for about 10 years now... So she's getting close to 60. Mary's working at the convent. And she cares for about 400 chickens, tends large gardens, wash clothes and sacristy linen, etc. And when the convent moved from their log cabins to a new stone convent, Fields personally moved the possessions of Mother Superior Amadeus, hauling them in a wheelbarrow. Basically, she was really well loved. Yeah. However, after a happy 10 years of working at the convent... Bishop Brondell, the first Catholic bishop in Montana, received complaints about Mary and told the convent she must go. 
So there are some different stories about why this happened. Um, apparently there was a gunfight. This was sparked, maybe it was like a, a duel. I, I read, you know, different things. Um, but apparently she was like in a fight and she, she didn't kill anybody. One thing I read was that her bullet bounced off something and hit the guy in the back. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what happened. There was also, she got in a lot of fist fights in general. And at one point she got into a heated argument with a ranch foreman and she hit him in the head with a rock. And Oof. left a dent in his Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Not dead, though. I guess not. I don't think she killed anybody. I feel like that would be, like, really brought home, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, so Mother Superior Amadeus, at this point she's Mother Superior. I don't know how long she's been Mother Superior Amadeus, but apparently she is. They were still really good friends, obviously. So, uh, Mother Superior had to give in about, um firing Mary, but she bought Mary a wagon and a team of horses, moved her to Cascade, and set her up with a mail route. Oh. So this is when Mary's legacy really, like, begins Mm. as, like, a 60-year-old lady. Whoa, Um, 60? She's 60. 200 pounds, 6 foot tall. Wow. And she gets a mail route. So, and she wasn't, so she's the very first black woman to become... To have a mail route, the second woman ever and the first black person, but she did not work for the USPS. It's like a contract given to the lowest bidder, basically. Mm-hmm. So she was, um, she held the job for eight years and it was the kind of thing where like if the weather was too bad, she did it by foot. Like she did it every single day. Um, and so this may be where her nickname Stagecoach Mary came from, uh, Though she did use a wagon, so it's like, that doesn't really make any sense. But she did drive the stagecoach when she was working at the convent in the beginning. And the reason she got this job is because she was the fastest one to uh, harness the horses and set up the stagecoach. So a stagecoach hauls people, Mm -hmm. and a wagon hauls stuff? Stuff, yeah. I mean, I think a stagecoach is like one of those ones with like the doors on the side, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But she didn't. And I think they're also just more smooth and, like, mm-hmm. um, probably more fun to drive. So that's kind of what is a little impressive that she was using a wagon. Mm-hmm. Um, so during this time, Mary babysat all the kids in town for $1.50 an hour, spending most of that money on candy for those same children. <laughs> so basically, this is, like, when she becomes, like, the cutest person in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is when she goes from being, like... Uh, Hardcore badass. Yeah, just like, oh, I guess she's amazing. Uh Um, So, except for then there's stories like this still. So one day when she was in her 70s, she was drinking in a saloon and saw a man who hadn't paid his $2 uh, bill for laundry services walk by. And rushing from the saloon, she caught the man by the collar with one hand and with the other punched him in the face, breaking his nose. <laughs> his debt is paid, is now paid, Mary was reported to have said. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so she also adopted the local baseball team. She would make these buttonhole bouquets for all of them from her own garden for each game, as well as larger bouquets for the boys who hit home runs. Um <laughs> And she, awesome. yeah, and she also got, um, she started a restaurant. I think she twice started restaurants that immediately 
uh, went under because she was just too giving and would, Hmm. like, have credit for anybody who needed it. So um, they said sheep herders would ask her to wait for payment for meals in the winter until they were working again the following summer. (laughs) She went broke twice trying to make a go of the restaurant business. Wow. Mm -hmm. But still, she had her friends. She was always welcome in the local hotel. And in 1910, when R.B. Glover leased the New Cascade Hotel from Kirk Huntley, a stipulation to the transaction was that all meals for Mary Fields would be offered free of charge for the rest of her life. Wow. When her laundry business and her home burned down in 1912, the townspeople gathered and built her a new home. Um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and she Jeez. was so well-loved that the town would shut down on her birthday. And I read in one article that she didn't, since she didn't know when her birthday was, she would, like, say it was her, her birthday in April and then also in November. <laughs> and then, like, the town would, like, the school would shut down and everyone would, like, have this party for her. Yeah. I wish I could go to that. Um, Mary was called the White Crow by local Native Americans because she acted like a white woman but had black skin, hmm. according to a woman who wrote, like, a, is writing a book about her. Uh-huh. Um, and she even knew Gary Cooper when he was a small child. He's a Hollywood actor. You know who that is? Maybe. Is he on, like, a 1970s show? Is it, like, a child actor? No, that's too late. Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper, this guy. Oh. Known for his natural, authentic, and understanding acting style. All right. He's from Cascade, Montana. Oh, really? Yeah, and he knew Mary. Okay. And he wrote an article for Ebony Magazine about Mary when Mary died. Uh-huh. Um, he recalled the 38 Smith and Wesson that she packed and the men's clothing that she wore under her apron and skirt. Um, so then finally, so this, that's her like pretty amazing life. Um, and then in 1914, Mary could feel death coming and went outside with a blanket to lay in the tall grass. As she lay there dying, the mayor's four sons, who she had all babysat, found her. She was sent to the hospital in Great Falls and died a few days later. Recently, Cascade had a celebration in memory of her and brought members of her family to the town. And cool. her, her gravestone is still, like, really well kept. Yeah. Etc. Cascade is still a town? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a website, but the domain expired, so... Huh. Cascade, get on that. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. That was a folks podcast about Mary Fields the first black woman to ever carry a mail route. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and look out in the future for an interview with Halicia Hubbard. Our music is by Dorothy, a project by Marshall Granger.